0: Amen. Amen. Good morning, Identity Church. As we were talking just a minute ago about the quickening of the spirit uh, because of through our praise and worship, you know, the, the Lord has been putting on my heart that he is continually revitalizing us. He's continually putting the life and the spirit of God on the inside of us. He's, you know, just like in Genesis where he breathed life into Adam, he breathed life into us. He continues to do that. You know, Jesus, when we became a new creature in Christ Jesus, that he changed us on the inside. But that life force, that spirit that's on the inside of us now that we've are that we accepted Jesus Christ, that life force is ever given. You know, sometimes we spend too much time on the flesh, and when we do that, we let that grow. But you know when we turn back and we start looking at the spirit of God do you know that that is when we get revitalized we get reinvigorated we're going to talk a little bit about that today but you know one of the ways that that happens is we have to know that God loved us we have to know that God's love for us was so strong that there was a purpose and a reason for everything based upon his love. And see, a lot of times people go, yeah, God loves me. Yeah, yeah, I know he loves me. But there's also all these other things that are going on in my life. And so it diminishes God's love in our life. We, we, start, we, start, trying to, we start trying to understand our circumstances rather than God's love for us. And you know, there's plenty of choices we all receive from God the way that the way that we see things. I, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little story about me. Okay, I when and we've talked about this over the last few weeks. When I had ADD and dyslexia, people would come up and say, "Dusty, you can do this," and I would go, "Do what? Oh, you can succeed in life. You can, you can." You know, you can go to school, you can learn, you can be more than what than what you think you can be. And I would go, nah, thank you. But in my heart, I would go, no, thank you. That doesn't sound right. Doesn't sound like me. And you know, when I got a hold of I Can Do All Things Through Christ Jesus that strengthens me, there was a moment, and I think about that moment all the time. I don't just think about, well, I heard the scripture and the scripture just came alive in me. Do you know what came alive in me? It wasn't that I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me as a, as a bunch of words. Because mom would say stuff exactly the same way. Or dad would say it. And go, well, you can do anything you want to do. I'd go, uh-huh, sure. Do you know that what it was? Was that it was a moment when I said, wait a minute. You mean God cares about me? See, that's what I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me was to me. It was God going, I love you. And I've strengthened you. And I've moved you beyond your circumstances into something greater. I'm pushing you forward if you'll allow me to. See, that was the thing. It It came alive on the inside of me, not because it was a bunch of words, but because it would be just like mom saying, I love you. You know, mom used to tell me all the time, I love you. And go, yeah, okay, whatever. But you know what? When the chips were down and everything was happening and I did the, the worst thing, I made the worst mistakes. And mom still said, hey, come here. I love you anyway. Even though you're an idiot, come here. I'm going to hug you and I'm going to tell you. And it would be like, almost like a weight being lifted off of me. Do you know that's the same exact thing that when I can do all things through Christ Jesus hit me, it was, I didn't just believe that God was out there. I believed that He loved me and that He had something for me. There was something more. I had a purpose, and that purpose was going to take me beyond my circumstance. You know, we've been doing the you are so loved. You are. But there's a reason why you're loved. There are purposes for why you are loved. This wasn't just created just because God thought this was a great test. Environment And I'm just going to create the earth and the universe and all the other things that go with it. And I'm going to think about what physics looks like. And I'm going to think about how, you know, oxygen, nitrogen and all the other things that are in the air is going to affect a body. God did all of this, not because it was a whim. There was a reason. Love is the beginning of all things. If you have your Bibles with you and you want to turn there, Ephesians one three says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. We're going to get to that at the end. So I will be bringing that one back up. But in verse four, it says, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. This world. This word foundation is "kabole," And it means the founding or conceived for. If you go look it up in Strong's. See, what happened was, is that there was a reason why the earth and the world and all that was created. There was a founding. There was a conception of. Now, let me me ask you a question. Do you think God, I mean, go read Genesis, and you're sitting there, and you're reading Genesis, and it sounds like God's saying, hey, I want to create the earth, and I want to create the universe, and I want to create light, and I want to create all this other stuff. And you go through there six days, right? (coughs) But what happened on the sixth day? Who did he create all this for? What was the conception in his mind of why he had to create every single thing? What was it? Who was it? Us. See, it says here, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. See, that's what we have to understand is all, everything we have here was for us, each and every one of us. I can go around the room and I can say, Reba, Charlie, Caleb, Heather, Kaylee, Jack, Carol, Jenny, Dusty, everybody here plus everybody out there, God knew about you before he created all of this stuff. What does that mean? That means that it was created for you by Him because He chose to do it. He knew Jenny and Carol and Jack. He said, I I want those people. I want all of those people. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to create something so that they can live. I'm going to create something so that I can put my spirit in them. I'm going to create something so that they will have something. See, this was created for you. The foundation, the conception of the idea of this was created by God for you. And see, it says here that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. We can get really religious and people have and they've taken these scriptures like, well, you know, maybe the people that are not blameless and not holy, he didn't really conceive them before the foundation of the world. You got all the predestiners. Have you ever heard of predestination? Oh, yeah. It's it's out there. There's people that think that there's some people that God predestined to go to heaven and some people that he predestined to go to hell. No. See, what he wanted was he created all of this knowing everybody, knowing all the things that they would do, but hoping that they would choose the right choices in order to be able to be a part of the blessings. See, what we have to understand is that God, knowing all the things that God knows, doing all the things that God did, He knew, ha, I want them to be holy and without blame in love. See, I can get real religious and I can start going, oh, well, you know, if you're not holy and you're, you're not without blame, then you're not in love. But no, what did I just say just a second ago? How many crazy, stupid things, mostly with my cousin Chris, did I go and do... And I was still blameless. Mom, dad, they would come and they would say, I don't like what you did. You know, holy and blameless and all these other words, we we think of them very spiritual. It's very spiritual. I've got to be holy. (coughs) Be holy before the Lord. All that means is be able to go before God. See, love covers a multitude of sins. So when love covers a multitude of sins, I just go before God. No matter what I've done, I go in front of him as if though I'm blameless. See, that's what he truly wanted when he created all this stuff. He didn't have a rules and lists and all this other stuff. All he said was, here, here Adam and here Eve, here's all this stuff, just don't eat of this tree it was for their benefit. I've heard people say, well, you know, eventually God might have wanted them to eat of the tree. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That's what he told them to do. The only reason why they fell is because they were deceived. Somebody told them something different. But See, the foundation of the world was created for them by God, for, their, for the purpose God had for them which was to come before him in love and be blameless and holy. You know that that's what Jesus did. Jesus came so that we would now have his covering so that we, hey, I can go murder, rape, pillage, do everything, and then go, you know what? I did the wrong thing, and I go right before God. I mean, it's conceivable It's conceivable that the worst people on the planet, if they knew Jesus Christ and said, I ask you into my heart, that they could be in heaven when we walk in. See, it's going to blow some people's minds when certain people are going to be in heaven and certain people aren't because they're not, one set of people said, you know what? No matter what I did, I'm still going to be holy and blameless before him. And I'm going to go before him. And I'm going to accept him. And then some people are going to go, well, I'm pretty good on my own. Not really sure I need all this Jesus stuff. And they did some really good stuff. They built lots of burned hospitals. And they did all this stuff. And people will go, but they should be in heaven. Look at all the good stuff that they did. You know what? That's crap to God. I'm going to use that word. It's crap to God whatever you do here on this planet is dung. In fact, Paul said it. Paul said, everything that I did in my own flesh is but dung. And you go, should I even do good things? If he tells you to. But that's not what is the driving force. If you build orf- orphanages and, and burn hospitals, Great. There's more people that I guess can be helped. But that's not bringing them back to love and being blameless in Him. You know, it says here in verse 5: it says, having predestined us to the adoption. That just basically means that He predestined before the foundation that everybody would be adopted by Jesus according to the good pleasure of his will to the praise and the glory of his grace by which he made us see this foundation god chose us as family before he created anything in fact god decided to make the whole world because of you matthew 7:24 and 25 says therefore whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them i will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall, but it was founded. I want you to understand this word founded here is this, and I don't, I think it's Thelma I don't know. It looks <laughs> like really weird, but it's like Themo Eah uh, or something like that. I'm, we're just going to leave it at that. But this word founded means to settle. It means that he settled it in his mind. No matter how bad it was going to get, he said, you know what? They're going to screw up and that's going to be okay. I have settled it in my mind. I'm making all this stuff for them and I'm going to do it and I'm going to send my son. Did God know before the foundation of the earth that he was going to have to send his son? He did. He did. I probably would have checked up a little bit. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's about like having an ant farm that you know all the ants are going to eat themselves, right? You might go, I don't know if I'm going to do that. But you know what? He also knew that there was going to be a lot of people that were going to choose. And that they were going to be blameless. And they were going to be holy before him. He knew it. He wanted those people. Because it brings him great pleasure as the father to be able to give unto his kids. It's about like this. It's about like if mom and dad chose to have kids. Me and Lindsay and and I decided that I was not going to be. I was not going to be holy and blameless before then. I Means I'm going to go off and I'm going to do drugs and I'm going to do alcohol and I'm going to uh, go live in a ditch somewhere. Well. You know, the thing is, is that there's always that possibility that your kids don't do what you want them to do. But do you not have kids? Oh, when me and Heather got married, I man, I told everybody it was going to be five years. It was almost that much before I had kids. But I had kids not knowing what they would choose, and I still chose to do it. See, that's what's beautiful about what God did, is he actually knew He knew what we were going to choose. And he still did it. See, this right here, this rock is love. This founding is love. He settled it. He made it to where when the wind and the rain and all these things started happening, that his love would never fail. And all we have to do is choose it. All we have to do is just be there. We have to say yes. That's all he did. God settled on you. And you know what? A couple of verses later, Matthew 7, 26 and 27, it says, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was the fall. So I have a a horse that's all wet to his body in sand. And then I have a guy here and he's laying on spikes and there's a guy standing on top of him. Notice that the, the horse with the sand, it's marred up, he can't move. That horse is dead if somebody doesn't help him. But see, what we have to understand that if love is the rock, then sand is the unsettled fear. Do you know this word settled here means not decided or determined? See, the horse made a choice just to stand in one spot and not do anything. 800-pound horse, little bitty legs, Sand. What happens if I don't move around? Eventually he just goes further and further and further and then he becomes settled, but now he's in fear. Oh, I can't move, I can't do anything. See, this horse is just like most people in life. They're, they're immobile by fear. They have no way of being able to get out of their circumstances. They're stuck. They're like an 800-pound horse with their little bitty legs stuck in the sand. And it's because the fall was great. You know, it took Jesus to come and pull us up out of our situation. It took him to create a foundation that was unmovable. You know, you got all these little spikes up under this guy. We were talking about this actually last night a little bit. And it was like, well, do you, Caleb gave the whole, well, did you know that if you were to lay on top of these spikes, well, if I took away, let's just say there's a thousand spikes there. If I took away 500 of them, if I took away 900 of them, this dude's in trouble, but his body is laid out. it's, It's giving more surface area. You know, that's why Jesus, when he came, he came to bring us together as the body of Christ. It's because we have this movable, plant, plantable type of foundation that each and every one of us has, has gifts. And we have the ability to be able to pull ourselves above this settling. See, when we settle now, we have this distributed foundation we have the ability to be able to have the spikes and the things of the world try to come up and try to stab us try to try to do this but because there's so many of us in the body oh we're evenly distributed. Jesus created a body of believers in order to be able to handle the spikes of life. And we're not just stuck. It's because when I get when I get in a bad situation I've got all these people and I go hey what what do I need to do? I need help and the thing is is that we evenly distribute this foundation so that when it does settle we can have people standing on top of us spikes below us and it still does not hurt us because we have the love of God that has created us to be his body in his purpose and his plan. Love supports and evens out the foundation. Why do you think that we have this body? And I'm coming to a close here. I wanted to make this one a short day because I wanted you guys to be able to take this in. Because this right here, pardon the pun, is foundational. Foundationally, if we don't understand that God created us for everything, because I'm going to be honest with you, you'll find an atheist who'll say, oh, this was random. This is just random things that happened in the universe. There was a big bang and there was all these other things that happened. And after billions of years, this is what happens. I got news for you. That doesn't work. After a lot of time, things die. Things crumble. Things fall apart. They don't get better. See, God created a foundation, a rock, that there is no fall. When he put this foundation together, the body of Christ, then what happens is when we receive it, we just grow that thing. And it keeps growing. And we can put a big old skyscraper right there on the middle of it called the body of Christ. And that rock and that foundation of love, it just maintains us for eternity. See, our rock of salvation, it gives us something that we can always 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 go back to. There is no fall. You know, it was kind of funny because I was I was thinking about this the other day. You know, until 9/11, they the 9/11 back in, I think it was 89 or 90, they tried to blow up the foundation. Remember, they went and put a big bomb, the, the terrorists did, and they tried to blow the building up from the foundation. They realized, oh no, you couldn't you couldn't destroy the foundation because it was strong. So what did they do? They hit the top of the building and they made it collapse. <clears throat> the foundation's still there. Do you know that there's times in our life where the top of our fa- Top of our building gets hit, and we start collapsing. But the foundation's still there; it was still strong. And you know that without, without us knowing even what's happening to us, because a lot of times things happen to us, and we go, "Why did that happen?" I've never heard anybody go, "Come to the epiphany of, well, I caused this," until later on, right? I mean, most people, they go, I don't know why this happened. It came out of the blue. That's what you hear 99% of the time. (coughs) And then it's later on, they go, oh, this is what happened, and that's what happened. See, but our foundation will keep us up. It won't sink us into the sand. So... Remember, I told you that we we're going to get back to every spiritual blessing? You know, love doesn't leave us alone. Ephesians 1:3, this was the verse that I was talking to you about. Blessed be to God and the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. So, what is those spiritual blessings? See, he didn't leave us alone. See, I can tell you that God created all this stuff for you and you go, "Uh uh-huh, but he didn't just do that. See, he's so much better. See, he gave us spiritual blessings in heavenly places in order to be able to back it up. He's not just coming and saying, I love you and walking away. He's coming and giving (coughs) you a hug. He's coming and telling you it's going to be okay. He's coming and bringing about a purpose and a plan for our lives. What are those spiritual blessings? Second Timothy says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You know what? Once we understand God's love and we see it in action, we see what He's doing, the Spirit of God's constantly going, I love you. I love you. How does that happen? How does that work? Well, Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Do you know that there's no way to, the more I read these scriptures, the more it makes me understand more and more about what God's talking about here. I couldn't impose a law upon you to make you know love, joy, and peace. There's no way. Like I couldn't come in here and say, I decree this law. Carol, I want you to understand this. Okay, here's the law. Love, joy, and peace. Okay. Take that law. It's a law. You gotta know it. I don't say love, joy, and peace. What, what? You've got to, you gotta take this love, joy, and peace. It's a law. But you know, When you have love, joy, and peace, there's nothing that I can impose upon you. There's nothing that I can do for you. There's nothing that I can bring to you. There's no amount of things, but when you have God's love, joy, peace, long-suffering, it goes beyond any boundaries, any laws, any abilities. It means that God is giving you something that is spiritual. It's heavenly. Your circumstances can look like Done, and God Himself will give you love, joy, peace, long suffering. The fruits of the Spirit are on the inside of you, and they go beyond any boundary. Why do we need these blessings? Romans eight eleven says, "But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead also quickens." Your mortal body by his spirit that dwells in you. This word quicken right here in the Greek means to revitalize, restore, and make alive. See, this is, not, this is not the original. This is not when God went and breathed into Adam. This is a different one. This is when something has been alive and it's now dead. And he's going to bring it back to life. You know, in my heart, when I had ADD and dyslexia and I didn't believe that I could do anything. And I heard I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. The moment that I heard that and it became alive on the inside of me, it was God saying, I love you. And then there was a a thing inside of me called the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells and breathes in me that revitalized me. It started to remake me. It remade me into something else. It took the deadness, cut it out and put in life. See, that's how much God loves you. That's how much God believes in you. That's how much God has done to create all this. Plus, he's brought his own son. Plus, he keeps his spirit on this earth to just be with us to live in us, to revitalize us. God's love beginning to end, it completes us and it changes us. And it's also his love is unchanging. Means that he didn't change his love because, well, you did something bad. No, his love has stayed and remains the same. Amen, I hope you learned something today. Everybody bow your head. You know, I'm going to give people, especially the people that are in the, um, that are on our podcast, I'm going to give them the opportunity. Because this love is the kind of love that changes your heart and your mind. It draws you to Jesus. It brings you to a place of understanding who you are in Him. And if that love has touched you this morning, I'm going to, Very quickly, just give you a prayer that you can pray so that you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Now you would have that spirit living on the inside of you. And right now, I'm just going to pray for anybody that wants Jesus in their heart. Repeat after me. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. We just thank you that we believe that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus died for our sins And that he rose again on the third day. And that now I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That was a simple prayer. But that was a prayer of salvation. That if you prayed it, now you are a part of the family. You're a part of this body. And God is now making you into that foundational love. That he had for us. Amen. 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 Have a blessed week.